Well, hello and welcome to Inexos Access All Areas. My name is B, and I will be co-hosting this series of podcasts with my Inexos nerd, Hayden Murdoch. We will be delving deep with you all to explore everything there is to know about this iconic band of brothers in excess, sharing music, tours, videos, albums, and oh, so much more. Episode 66, the Access Access All Areas, the podcast that dives deep into this awesome band, brings you on for the ride, and hopefully gets them into the Rock Hall of Fame. All right, well, we normally do a big intro to the podcast itself, but uh, sad news uh, in the last couple of days with the passing of the legendary Charlie Watts, and we opened up, uh, I guess, uh, episode 66 with uh, uh, the Rolling Stones doing a version of Route 66, uh, where you know Charlie on drums uh, was uh, at the forefront there. Uh, it's always sad, B, isn't it, when uh, music loses uh, an icon figure? Yeah, God. But the, he never looked well, though, did he? Bless him. Well, he meant 80. Um, 80 is a good innings yeah, for a pop we'd all star. Probably, we'd all probably take that, you know, if we yeah. uh, had to pick. Um, but, uh, yeah, look, it was obviously, you know, passed uh, in the last mm. sort of 24 hours, and hence, um, I guess, Very you know, we always... In these podcasts, I'd like to acknowledge uh, those who have uh, come before us and those who um, have inspired many. And I guess Charlie uh, originally was a jazz type sort of influenced drummer and joined the Stones and was always sort of uh, seen as the uh, uh, the gentleman of rock and roll and the classy guy of rock and roll and was always there. And um, I know their tour that was going out sort of later this year, he had to sort of withdraw from that because of health reasons. So yeah. it's not sort of without surprise that, um, you know, he has succumbed. So a valet to Charlie Watts and I guess B, being British, uh, they always heard a bit more, don't they? Yeah, um, I just imagine there's a lot of mourning going on. There was yeah. also the guy out of UB40 um, the day before, Mr. Tra- ah. Travers. Yeah, so... That will be quite a stinger as well. Is that one of the brothers of the lead singer who passed? or Because I know one of them was sick or whatever there. But and There was um, a lot of people in UB40. Yeah, okay, true, yeah. <laughs> but I know he was one of the founding members. So, yeah. yeah, there'll be a lot of mourning in the pop industry and in, um, in England. It's sort of yeah. uncanny sometimes how, you know, you get this cluster within the same day yeah. or two people passing. I remember when Freddie Mercury passed away, literally the same day, Eric Carr, the drummer from uh, Kiss, passed away mm. and Kenny Everett the comedian passed on the same day or within a 24 hours and um you know it, it seems to happen in three so hopefully you know Charlie is not oh, uh, a springboard for that but um you know valet Charlie Watts rest in peace mate till the next time that we say goodbye till the next time that we say goodbye I've been thinking of you 
Lee, how are you? I'm very good. Thank you, Hayden. It's nice to see you working at work there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here I'm doing a podcast at work. That might not say I'm working, but (laughs) we are. Does that say 200% behind you? (laughs) Well, yeah, there's a whiteboard behind me today. No unicorn uh, earmuffs today, B. So thank you for sharing that to the wider population. <laughs> no worries. Everybody enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah. I'm still getting over the uh, the uh, text messaging put-downs, but that's fine. I can handle it. Yeah, I know you are. You're a big boy. Yeah. But you did actually ask me to say this before the show, and it's not like I haven't said it 65 times before, but <laughs> how's your NXS week been? <laughs> oh, my God. Talk about right. NXS week. NXS day today has been big. All right. Well, I heard a little rumour today that when we did sort of uh, conjure up this recording idea, you haven't even got up and had got dressed and <laughs> had your cup of tea yet or whatever, and it's like 1 o'clock or one thirty at the time of recording. Is that right? <laughs> I'd just like everyone to know I have got dressed, but, no, I never got – nev- I've had – I, you know I've got my dad here. He's my barista. I've had two coffees, but no food. So I am. Well, you, you know the old what? room about you English. You shower once a week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sorry, Britain. Yeah, I know. I used to hear that, and we never wash up properly either. We used to leave <laughs> the suds on the uh, the washing up or something. Yeah, yeah. But my anyway, excess week, yeah. yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, all I'd like to say at this point is get a pen and paper. Okay, everybody, because at the end of the show, I'll be telling you a new chart, which is very exciting. Okay. Um, but my NXS week, we've now got bumper stickers and and um, fridge magnets going to be happening. So they're in print at the moment and they'll be coming onto the website. I'd like to say a big thank you to Ali Law Hayden. Ali loves our pleasure and pain so much that she's gone ahead and made a Spotify list and it's out there. So if you're on that oh. newsletter, yeah, if you if you're if you subscribe to our newsletter, you'll get a link to the Spotify list. And it's awesome. Really, really awesome. So well, thank I might you, have Ali. Yeah. yeah, really, really good. So thank you, Ali. That's really kind of you to do that for us. Oh, God, there's too much to tell you. Let's just carry on with the show, Hayden, and All see right. what comes out. Well, well, we are coming off a happy birthday week last week, so I guess uh, operative word being happy, um, it was quite a fun episode to do, and I think in light of these dim, dark times and all the unrest around the world, you know, watch the world argue, who's going to teach us peace, love, and happiness? Well, you know, we tried to do that last week, B, and uh, it was just great getting uh, some really uh, good feedback from people who enjoyed the show. Oh, loved it, loved it. Yes, thank you for everybody uh, who sent all their feedback. And um, I know that there's a few people out there going through some rough times and, uh, yeah, getting your happy back with us once a week is um, a plus, I hope. Now, B, kudos to you. I, I, I did listen back to the episode the other day for complete vanity purposes, not. Uh, <laughs> but I did have a little chuckle when uh, after we played the exit song of Red Red Sun, you put your little track on at the end. And I was really happy you did because the subject matter of it and the lyric and everything there lent itself to the topic, which was learn to smile. Yeah. So uh, I had them in the car the other day with the kids and the kids were, you know, squawking in the back and I was like, shut the hell up. And <laughs> I wanted to listen to that song. So uh, we were all smiling in the car after that, B. So yeah. uh, good little add on there to the uh, exit. Yeah. The kids would like that, wouldn't they? Yeah, well, that was a big favourite of ours from the album, wasn't it, that we would yeah. put on our Spotify list. Which Correct. Hopefully, Ali Law might help us with that. <laughs> we need to, we need to 
tabulate all those uh, non-single tracks that have uh, mm. been recommended off our uh, album reviews. So it's really it's hard to do thing. a Spotify list if the uh, songs aren't already on Spotify. I have no idea how to do that. Right. I'd really like some help <laughs> on that one. Well, we've got patrons to welcome aboard this week. I think we have two new people sort of joining the gang, uh, the NXS gang, uh, to help them get to the Rock Hall of Fame and be part of our community, which is which is really really exciting. So I might hand over you over to you to sort of welcome them and also our, our traditional and most important uh, patrons who help us along the way. I'd like to say hello to everybody outside on the highway. Let's all say hello to everybody outside. It's about ten thousand people at least. Hello. Well, hello to our honorary patrons, Nick Egan, Mark Opitz, Cameron Adams, and Mary Woods. We'd also like to say hello to Joe Robbins and Sue D. Carmen, Laurie, Carrie Ann, Danielle, Sarah Markram, Dr. Jim, Katie, Felicia, Lisa Mack, and Marie, Susan Purvis, Foxy, Lisa Urban, Pedro, Mandy, Lisa Calloway, Matt, Linda, Vern, Paul Boozy, Yvonne, Caroline, Amanda H, and we've got Leon, David Gaunt, Tracy, Paul Jolie, Sandrine, Warren, Sarah Camia, Susan B, Amanda V, Ella, Ryder, Tony, Erica, Abigail, Martin, Stefan, Val, Jim, Matty, and Kelly. John, Jackie, Sean, Sheila, Shannon, Virginia, Helen, and we'd also like to say hello to our new patrons, Brett and Suzanne. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Awesome. And uh, B, I believe you've uh, put together a very, very special midweek, uh, I won't say episode, but maybe a midweek get together with uh, Nick Egan, who is quite topical on our podcast topic today uh, because of the sort of theme we're going to discuss. But um, uh, I believe early next week there will be uh, an invitation going out to all patrons to get on a, uh, a Zoom call or a, a collective platform call, uh, however it is, uh, to talk a lot about uh, Wembley and the behind-the-scenes footage that Nick mm. has. And a lot of this is videographed and things, and it's not for public consumption, but it is for the Uber fans like you. And uh, never been one seen thing we, before. No, I mean I haven't seen it myself. And yeah. uh, so you know, again, we've always tried to sort of give you know uh, in-house extra extra content to our patrons. And look, just one thing, we would sort of say this stuff is uh, not for broader sort of publication. Some of it is uh, uh, off Broadway, private, and um, uh, but some of the people who have the content are wanting to share it with people who value it. So. Uh, again, please understand if you are a patron, don't go broad broadcasting or platforming this elsewhere because uh, it is private content that is given out to you guys on a, on a basis of trust and anonymity, but um, more importantly, enjoyment. You know, you get a chance to see it and be a part of some of the extra in excess world that um, is out there. 
uh, amongst its owners. So yeah. uh, I look forward to Can that. Can I just beat. add to that? Yeah. Well, well, Nick, these are Nick's personal collections. These were actually him videotaping it onto videotape. He's actually just only just in last last week got it onto digital. So he hadn't seen it until last week. So this is very, very rare. It's very important that we keep it. He only wants to give it to the patrons because you're supporting the show and we want to thank you for doing that. All right, this is the point where we like to give a bit of a hint or a sneak peek uh, to what's on the show today uh, in our topic section. Um, I guess before we do that, um, I feel like today's sort of metaphor for this show uh, is like a hamburger with a lot. Uh, we've got our intro, we've got our intro today, and our, our close, which is the bun, and we've got our our meat or patties, or like a double patty, which is the news, and then we've got a massive thicker patty in the middle, which is going to be sort of a vegetarian one, of course. Oh yeah, uh, for our, our topic. But we're going to beef this sort of uh, hamburger around with, uh, I think, our little fun fact uh, uh, thing we did last week, which people, uh, I think, enjoyed the little fun fact from you. And uh, I believe we've got our uh, pleasure and pain and a return of the rant today. So oh uh, talk about double, triple, double, triple decker hamburger of an episode. So we hope we don't bore you too much. If you can't eat us all in one gulp, uh, <laughs> you know, come back for seconds, you know. Maybe you have to have two, two sessions for the hamburger, which is episode 66. And don't hold the mustard. No, that's right. But uh, a little bit of a hint in the topic section today. We have uh, earlier in, I guess, the week put out a poll and our top major topic part today is going to be on uh, favourite album covers and, uh, you know, I guess, you know, the front and the back of both what was a, a, an album, a CD, a tape, um, you know, all those particular sort of uh, covers that relate to the 11 studio releases. So um, we have put a poll out and uh, we have had that poll come in and we've closed it off now. Uh, so we're going to do a bit of a countdown of uh, you, our listeners' uh, favourites, and rank them, and then we're going to do our own little sort of ranking as well. Uh, we thought that would be a bit of fun today, B, as we sort of uh, embark upon, uh, you know, uh, just this sort of period of podcast topics. It's been good fun watching the poll, actually. I've been um, an avid watcher all week. Yeah, and I think sometimes what, you know, we, we sort of will sure flesh it out later, but it doesn't mean your favourite album has to be your favourite album cover. In fact, you know, there are plenty of examples where I think from some listeners it's like, some people's favourite album of the songs is not their favourite album cover. In fact, it might have been their worst cover. Yeah. Um, so I know for my particular one, number 11 is probably my <laughs> second, third favourite album, but it's my worst uh, cover. So, um, yeah, I think it's just interesting how art and uh, music can align or in some cases not align. So we will flesh that one out in various detail today. What's it time for? What's it time for? It's time for the news. Hi, it's Dave from England, and you're listening to In Excess Access All Areas with Hayden and B. And now it's time for the news. All right, news of the week time, B. We like to start off with the charts, uh, as always. And uh, we were very, very excited last week that there was a surge from 43 to 33. With the interview uh, between Tim and John on national TV, and then the next week's set of chart figures, Unbeknownst, it has gone back from 33 to 45. How did so, that happen? I don't know. I don't know. So What happened? I don't know. Just, you know, maybe there was a surge the week before and then last week it dipped a little bit. So, Do you, you think know, the, the, the charts are behind? 
Because no, our charts are a bit like no, that. I've aligned the dates and the times to the interview when they came out. So it should have been a, a little bit of a spike, you'd think. But um, maybe it'll correct itself next week. But that yeah. is uh, the latest there. What I can sort of uh, reiterate is that, as we've said on previous podcasts, through the seven sort of deadly sins, so to speak, uh, there has been another sin released mm. uh, called Greed, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and um, I guess it's just probably an advertorial on Spotify to highlight sort of certain songs in the catalogue. I know a few people on our platforms are like, well, what's the theme and how does this work and why are they doing that, you know, all that sort of stuff. I don't really have a sort of a fixed answer. All I know is if there's seven themes or, or um, uh, sins, they're trying to maybe use it as sort of an angle or a platform. Uh, the songs that fall under greed on this uh, uh, Spotify uh, song list uh, release are What You Need, The Gift, Listen Like Thieves, By My Side, uh, I send a message in time. So whether they all relate to greed, you might have to stretch and find an angle. I don't, <laughs> I, uh, I don't quite sort of see it, uh, et cetera, there. But, mm, um, I'd like to know who's behind that. Yes, yes. It's not us. It's not us, everybody. I can tell you now. <laughs> no, that's right. Um, in a little bit of touring news, uh, John Stevens, he has announced, uh, I think, March 3rd in uh, Auckland. Uh, there is another gig uh, planned for that particular time. Uh, and I think around that time as well, uh, or maybe a couple of weeks before, there might have been one of those Neil Diamond slash In Excess Michael uh, cover shows I mentioned a few few uh, weeks ago has been sort of postponed or whatever there. So maybe it's COVID-related, I don't know, but New Zealand's probably the one place in the world where COVID seems to be immune from. Speaking we, got, of- we got a little bit of engagement with um, John. Did you see that? Well, I actually, actually, yeah, share that with the uh, the yeah. listeners, Pete. Um, you say that, and let me do it. So, um, yeah, so I follow him, and something popped up on my Facebook, and I thought, there, yeah, that needs to be shared. Well, and- I think he was posting something about live touring and playing and stuff like that on a bit of a cinema-type billboard, wasn't he? Yeah, and it was from another band had posted mm. it. That's right. Yeah, so I think just one of those cinema scenarios there where, you know, you often have the coming soon movie releases and all that whatever there, there was a bit of an avatar about live bands. So, um, yeah, but getting vaccinated and then you can go yeah, out and see live bands. Supporting mm. the industry. Um, and he uh, thanked us. Yeah. Also, yeah. too, uh, B, a little bit of Ash and Moon news. I might pass to you there. Mm. There's sort of uh, you're a bit of a close confidant of uh, all the guys in the band who were good looking. Uh, do you want to <laughs> you want to just uh, share in the news part here a bit about Ash and Moon, what's going on at the moment? Because there's a little bit of uh, news there. Yeah, Toby got in touch and he told us that they're actually getting some more tours together. And, and I think one of our other engagements overnight that he has a sort of a digital platform, is that right, where he's talking to fans and things as well? That's on this Friday, isn't it? Here right, he is, yeah. Toby. Okay. Hey, love. Called me love, by the way. Shall I say that again? Hey, love. Ash and Moon. Yeah. I am. I was. Yeah. Ash and Moon are playing Grapevine Festival in Texas. Oh, we know a lot of people who live, live in Texas, don't we? Dallas. On September the 17th, um, which is the day I arrived in Australia, actually. Yeah. And, then, and then some small shows coming up. So big love to all the crew. That's you lot out there, listeners.
Farris there. Uh, we have put the feelers out for an a, a Andrew A. Farris to come on our podcast, Yay! B. Now, we have tentative uh, agreement that September shall be the time, so mm-hmm. we will uh, hold them to that. Uh, and, uh, you know, I guess behind every good man is a good woman, and uh, Marlena says that September's the date. Uh, or the month. So we uh, hope to have that uh, executed for you and have Andrew on our show, which would be great. Can't wait. Uh, so, yeah, start getting your questions and everybody to us. I think the really only other good. consideration for coming on the podcast is Andrew did want to have his hat uh, on an interview as well. So we might have to interview the hat, uh, which Andrew wears as well. Is that right? Really? <laughs> <laughs> my tongue is in my cheek. We'd right. like to hear Andrew say that he'd like us to um, carry on with this mission, though. We'd like it from their mouths that we are doing the right thing for InXS. So right. I know there's yeah. a few people out there that ask us, do InXS really want to be in the rock and roll? Well, Hall after our episode, Tim was uh, had sort of steam coming out of the ears, didn't he? He, he didn't realise, did he? Yeah, what the hell's the cure doing there? What's Devil Ever doing there? We were bigger yeah. than that. <laughs> did, so, hey, Hayden, did you realise... For the guys to go, they have to pay $10,000 a head. Of course, of course they do. There's a whole, there's a whole bunch of... I'm not going. Of, well, there's, there's, a bunch of, there's a bunch of rules and things like that, we, you know, that will probably dissuade things. But there's... I think they get a certain amount of tickets to go and anyone actually got to pay a certain amount. Where does that go, tables. though? Where does that go? goes to the, the Hall where? of Fame. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'd like to know where that money goes to before I hey, give any money. Well, hey, me and Dr. Jim might do a double rant on the, the protocols of the Rock Hall <laughs> of Fame. So. $10,000, that's ridiculous. Yeah. I'm anyway, sorry. Anyway, straightening, straightening up a little bit, we hope you get Andrew on. A uh, couple of little tidbits of news. Um, you have done a little bit of an interview with a certain fan or a certain person called Simon Yeo. He is Yeo not the other day. a fan, right? Let's just get this straight. He is not a fan. He's a mate. Of the band. They all say this. They all claim to be mates right, of the then. band. What fan do you know as has had um, John Farris as their best man at their wedding? Okay. All right. And right. right. um, what's the difference there? No. Okay. Here's my, here's my classification. Here's my classification. <laughs> if you can get John on the podcast, he's a mate. <laughs> all right. So uh, in the B line, uh, in the coming weeks, you might see a little bit of an excerpt of a, a, a little vox pop with uh, Simon, a good friend of the band. <laughs> Sweet man. Yes. Very um, interesting. Also, too, two final things. Uh, there is going to be a welcome to wherever you are uh, announcement uh, coming up in September, around about the time we get Mark on the show. So um, I have, have you annou- had clarification from above then, Hayden? Huh? Have you had clarification? No, I don't above? need clarification. From you don't. It's an exec- executive decision. We don't answer with anybody. We're, we're independent here. We don't take Do you orders know what? from anybody. Yeah, you're too we right. We take orders from nobody. No, okay? no. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So we're going to be sort of talking a little bit about that. And uh, is it is- you answer to me and I answer to you? Look, we're a team B, and we do it my way. Uh, other, <laughs> other than that, uh, we, we take no orders from above or sideways. Okay. Right. Um, okay. We, in musical terms, we want to have complete creative control. Okay. <laughs> that, that being said, we, 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 uh, we've got an initiative that will help the band and the label and um, anyone on, on royalties from the Welcome album because this is going to be a 12-month journey and a 12-month promotion that we will announce when we do our, our, our welcome uh, review. So very excited to do that. Very excited to share that with uh, Mark Opitz at the time as well. B, chunky uh, bit of news. I need to add. I need to add. It's oh, our, our, our news. Our news is oh. as we are speaking, click. 
We've just hit 2,000 followers on Facebook. So thank you, everybody, for getting us to 2,000. Woo! Good work. And, and And B, uh, what uh, do I normally uh, ask you when these things happen? Is that good? Is that good? It's better than... uh, 1,000, I think. Okay. So, um, and at the same time, as things do happen in these uh, in the podcast, we uh, have clicked over to 37,000 downloads. Wow. Boom. Awesome. Okay, yay we. All right, that's News of the Week. Hey, this is Tim Farris. Big shout out to Hayden and B. Also want to say hello to all the listeners and NXS fans. Thanks for listening. I love you, Hayden and B. You're doing a great job. Keep it up. That's Lionel Richie back in 1983 talking about partying all night long. But he had a famous backing singer. See if you can guess who it is. Did you guess? Probably not. Can you hear it now? Yeah, it's Richard Marks. Back in 1983, he sang backup for Nolan Richie, but he had a top hit single with this song right here, Waiting. That I thought would last somehow. I hear the laughter, I taste the tears, but I can't get. That's our fun fact for this week. This is Ella from Middleburg, the Netherlands. You're listening to In Excess, Access All Areas with Hayden and Dee. And now it's time for the topic of the week. All right, Dee, we're welcome to topic of the week. We are going to be talking about album covers today. And I guess as uh, a lot of our listeners know, before this topic is being discussed, we have put out a poll this week amongst our brethren and uh, anyone who listens to In Excess, Access All Areas across the planet have been casting their vote uh, as to what is their favourite album cover. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I guess as I did uh, have to sort of explain a little bit to you earlier, it is uh, strictly the album, uh, studio album releases. So it is the 11 major studio releases of the band. It's not compilations, best ofs, greatest hits, dance remix versions, anything like that. We will give kudos to those uh, albums and album covers at a later time. Uh, it literally is everything from the debut album all the way through to Switch. And uh, I guess the uh, votes are in. Uh, we are excited to be able to share those a little bit later with you uh, as to which album covers uh, resonate the most with listeners out there. 
Um, I guess be this particular topic, something visual and imagery. I, I could see this being right up your alley, especially the uh, Shabu Shabar one with the open cover there. Is that you right? had to mention that at the beginning, didn't you? <laughs> it's well, been you very... are a very visual person. <laughs> yeah. it just makes me laugh, actually. So uh, what we thought we would do a little bit in the first part of this topic today is we're just going to quickly run through each album cover and just give you a few little facts and figures about them and uh, we may put a little song or two in between each album just to re- remind people of, of the the audio and the musical to each album but uh most of the content today is going to be around sort of discussion points but um i guess the debut album b uh is quite a colorful pretty uh, affair it was um, i guess you know uh done by uh well i guess noel coward who uh was a quite a well-known regarded uh painter uh, I think Gecko Graphics was the company that sort of, I guess, was inspired by that particular uh, cover. Um, and I think it looks like something around Bondi Beach from my memory. Does that sound right to you? It does. It looks like it's Bondi Beach. And there is another famous person who is um, a, a painter of Bondi. My goodness, what's his name? He's from Sydney. And he does all that. And he just he did that really good one of, it looks like a kid's painting. but It's, it's about Ken Doan? Ken Doan, yeah. It's, I think yeah. it's like a cross between Ken Doan and um, Matchstick Man and Matchstick accent. He was a British know. artist, very similar know. again. <laughs> oh, geez. I You're a lot older it. than me. You're a lot I, older than me, so that's probably... You don't remember that song? And he painted right. matchdog men and matchdog <laughs> cats and dogs. Nah, just, you don't you remember that? Oh, it's again, very you're another general... <laughs> Older than me, so that you know pretty, what uh, really you know, worked really well uh, then is that um, we had a problem with the internet and nobody heard what you said. <laughs> In brackets, B's done some selective editing. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, look, I think for a, a band from the Northern Beaches and a debut album and all the colours there, it, it really is uh, sort of a, a, a an interesting sort of uh, uh, you know, yeah. collage of of images. And and I think what way I'd like to look at this topic today is that. Let's look at the album cover for then and let's let's sort of look at it now. A bit like the music, does it still hold up? And I think this is an album cover that still holds up. Yeah. Um, I guess, interestingly, uh, it ha- doesn't have the band on the cover. So a lot of, you know, bands mm. who are really, really getting started, you know, um, and artists will put themselves on the cover. So that was, you know, <clears throat> an interesting choice in itself, B. I'll tell you what's been interesting for me to look at as well is the logo changing as well, how they've changed the logo nearly every I mean, album. So this one's more like a stamp, like an army stamp right in the corner, and it's just yep. um, not very visual in a way. But I suppose if you're flicking through the records, it would have been at the top. So it was a very clever way of marketing. <laughs> All right. Uh, album number two, Underneath the Colours. This particular album cover here uh, is inspired by, I guess, uh, quite a famous sort of uh, uh, liner cut uh, piece by a gentleman called Cyril Power. And the, the particular uh, image uh, or artwork relates to all the way back in 1932, uh, which the title of the piece is called Folk Dance. If anyone sort of Googles that particular, you know, artist through the sort of the National Galleries of Scotland, uh, you'll actually see that particular uh, picture, which in excess, I guess, have adopted for the uh, cover of the second album. It's interesting, but, you know, I... It took, you know, until sort of going back and researching on this a little bit, I knew it had some historical content, but it looked just like people were dancing, having a good time, but it, it really does go back some sort of nearly 90 years ago. Mm, mm. I like it. It's very Art Deco. Very good. I like the back cover, though. 
Yeah. <laughs> Elaborate. <laughs> so on the back, you've got the, the guys, um, and it looks like it's a still from the video from Stay Young. Um, you can't see any of their faces. They're all just running around and having fun like young yeah. people should be. Uh, and again, interestingly, on this particular one here, uh, we don't actually have uh, a situation where the band sort of are on the front. Back in this particular era, again, you know, second album out, band still not on the front cover. But um, again, as I guess you're saying on the backside there, you know, they get some referencing points. But yeah. back in our day when we grew up, B, we did buy records and album covers had such a mystique about them because they were large, they were tactile, they were huge. And mm. it really gave the band or any artist, I guess, the scope to make a sort of impression, you know, like size wise, it's so funny how we consume music now with no packaging and no real sort of uh, tactile sort of physical asset. Whereas back then it was this big album and you would open it up and you would pull the record out. And as you're doing in front of me now <laughs> with uh, your vinyl. It's really out. <laughs> I know, I know. I no, I should pass to you now because you're getting the experience. I'm just I am having the experience. <laughs> so yeah, so again, in excess is just written. There's no real logo, it just goes with the words. So there's nothing really it's thought about, but there's no in excess photo. you open it up it's got the lyrics in it we love lyrics and yeah. then there are gorgeous photos of the boys very candid shots I'll show you there Hayden look just yeah. photos of them just relaxing and having fun <clears throat> not so much the rock stars yet because they're just young lads still they're really innocent looking pictures and for me that's it's the inside of the cover that's usually the a bit of gold isn't it uh again you know i don't think there's a lot out there as to who chose the cover or what was the sort of inspiration behind it uh it is a long time ago so you know again maybe in a future episodes when we chat to someone within the band they may be able to articulate this um but it's sort of a lino cut sort of version and, and imagery there that again shows movement and dance and you know it looks like people at a rock concert <laughs> yeah. but it's a folk dancing concert from 90 years ago but you yeah. can sort of feel the inspiration why they put it on there which is which is good Sorry, having a good look. <laughs> Immersed in the uh, centrefold of the next album, which is uh, Shabu Shaba. <laughs> oh, yes. Right, so, uh, uh, <laughs> Shabu Shaba, I, I should give you the new ball on this one. Can you just describe the front cover for those who have been living under a rock? Yeah, I never really got it. It's it's a it's a strange one. It's photography. We're holding a dog. dog does not look real. It looks like it's stuffed. Yes, he, he, he looks it, like, it is. It is. He looks like the guy from Psycho loved his uh, sort of taxidermy, you know, has had some time with it. Uh, I, um, I try and work uh, out has the is guy good. got goggles on or something because his eyes are so dark. It's like well, an alien head. <laughs> well, we believe that's Michael on the cover holding the dog. Yeah. Do we? Okay. Yeah, I suppose well, so. He's got his swimmer's shoulders, hasn't he? Well, I, I do know there's a guy called Grant Matthews associated with the band and Michael himself were very heavily involved in the art concept of this. And I think it is credited to Michael's sort of inspiration there. And then when you do open it up, uh, I, I know like the, the band inside. Okay, B, I know. Uh, looks, what's that noise as you're opening it? <laughs> uh, you can really uh, yeah, tell who didn't want to be in this photo. Is it Andrew? Is it Andrew? Andrew, Andrew in his hairy chest, bless him. Well, 
I do know uh, a very old interview with Mike when he was talking about this particular album sort of cover and everything was put together. He sort of sort of said it was a bit of an ode to sort of the Renaissance period there where it was like, okay, guys, let's all get naked. Let's have a sheet. Let's just all lie there. And it was sort of very Renaissance sort of uh, impressionist type sort of uh, inspired. And um, <laughs> I, I, what are you laughing at now? <laughs> Uh, 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 I'm terrible. I'm trying to be serious here. I know. I know. I'm looking looking at it, right, and I'm just like, out of all of them, Gary's the one that's got his legs spread open and Tim. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So, all right. Enough of Shabu Shabar. We're going to have to let you settle down. Have a glass of water, ma'am. Okay. (laughs) All right. We're going to move on to the next album, which is The Swing. Okay. Now, hold it up for me so I can uh, have a bit of a look as we talk here, etc. There, uh, I can let uh, out a little bit of a sort of an early sort of bit of a opinion on this particular cover. Uh, B, this uh, at the time I thought was cool, but uh, some thirty-seven years later, I think it's their worst cover. Yeah, it's one off, <laughs> one off, one off. So, I think it just aged a bit badly with the mullets and the hairstyle and the sort of, you know, uh, new romantic looking in diagonal directions, aberesque. And uh, although I do like the little snippets underneath, there's sort of little items on the sort of the It's the like someone's there. desk, isn't it? And yeah, it's like, et cetera, you know, yeah. so, it, these, we've got to get these criminals. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, look, obviously from this sort of uh, particular sort of point of view, I think uh, the cre- crediting this particular work was uh, photographer Paul Clark and... Uh, the cover art was sort of designed by John Watkins and obviously the album was a Nick Lornay sort of production, but it was just coming out of this post sort of new romantic movement and um, it's a, they're a bit posy sort of in the sort of the picture there. Um, uh, yeah, that's the Swing album cover, uh, which is a real fan favourite of an album for a lot of Aussies and things. Yeah. But, uh, no, it's yeah. quite fun that they're on the cover, but they're sort of like part of um, an item that's on the cover. Yeah. So what's on the back there? Give us a bit of a version on the back there, babe. Flip it around for me. So on the front, you've got like someone's been sharpening their pencils and stuff like that. So it's very active. (laughs) And then you've got a load of fish (laughs) everywhere. Flip it a bit close, uh, a bit, go pull back a little bit. I can't quite see. Uh, Uh, Can you see all the fish here? Like dead fish? What are the other things underneath? Oh, well, you've got your Rasta Blaster. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then. Another pencil. Um, mm, it's like, yeah. Anyway, let's open it. <laughs> That's better. <laughs> so you've got loads of beautiful black and white images of the boys individually. Andrew sporting a moustache. They're becoming grown up. They're becoming yes. men. Yes. Um, I think and then you've got the, cut, the cutouts is quite... And look, mate, and, wow. and look, I think I think you know when we judge these particular sort of uh, covers and things, because a lot of this was in the record era. We have to judge the whole sort of piece of, of work. So mm. the front and the interior, and then the reverse side and all the liftouts, they are sort of one thing. So I think the interior is really good. You know, I um, love it. And it does I tell a bit that. of a story. 
uh, sort and of within. That's and that's so good to have up on your wall, isn't it? I love yeah. It. And I think for people who, who consume music digitally these days, you know, do yourself a favour. You know, you can go back and you can sort of download some of these particular cover arts and things and stuff as well and interiors and, you know, we'll go buy the original and, and, and they are a bit of a work in sort of, uh, not a work in progress, they are, a, they are a little bit of a sort of an artistic expression, I guess. So I think the interiors of the swing one are really good. Okay, we'll move on to the next album sort of cover and all the bits and pieces. B, I'm glad you got all the props ready today. When it's all in your hands. We got to listen like thieves. Oh one, God, I love this. Yeah. Look at it. It's stunning. Yeah, it's got the big golden in excess there oh, and so you've beautiful. sort of got a sort of a silhouette version there. And again, is that that's Michael, I think or is, yeah, is it Michael. Michael? Michael? Yeah. Who's Michael and the singlet on, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Um, and then you've got sort of the sort of white sort of riding with the pink and sort of purple colours down the bottom of Listen Like Thieves. And then you've got mm. the sort of black in excess sort of moniker in, in the right hand top corner. I'm looking for in yeah. excess, it's there. Yeah, and you flip it over on the reverse side there. You've obviously got the band sort of photo all together and got a beautiful sort of skyline there, real sort of purpley sort of uh, mm, balmy night skyline there with the songs sort of written. Yeah, uh, what's your sort of take on that, B? It's, it's the colours that are on the front and the back, so it's that yeah. real, um, well, it's the dawn or it's the, the morning, you know, of yeah. the, those beautiful colours. And it's those when they're standing on the rocks, those famous pictures yeah. of them standing on the rocks. Gorgeous. Yeah. I, this one's oh, really up yeah. there. But, I, I mean, I've got a beautiful one with Michael's signature on up there that I've got um, on my wall, an original. Yeah, I always thought this particular um, uh, cover on the front side was very, very applicable to sort of a look like a live type setting. You had a sort of silhouette, sort of mm. silhouette image there of Michael, and it looked like it was almost like him on stage there with the big NXS thing. It always felt like it was raw and live. It felt to me. Um, I think the the band had some some direction within the art side of this particular cover. Uh, I think the design was an art was by a photographer called Philip Mortlock, uh, another guy Andy Rosen and another person called Stuart Spence who put a lot of the photography together. Uh, I know when Nick Egan took over, which probably leads us going into the next uh, album, Kick. Nick it felt like, say, you know, some of the other covers like this and like these were maybe, I don't think it said the word confusing, but I don't think they sort of maybe were as designer friendly. And I think, you know, let's be honest, he, he brought a sort of a, an absolute avalanche of skill and technique to this next album, uh, you know, cover, which we have gone into detail in past podcasts, but I guess be just for yourself holding up the album proudly in your right hand there, okay, uh, very, very proudly as you are. Um, it, it's it's that half photo of Michael on the front, the half photo of Kirk, hands in pocket. We've got uh, John crouched down with the word kick above his head. Got the four stars and the in excess moniker above that. And it, I think those stars and the way the colours in red there gave it a very USA-friendly uh, impulse. Uh, we have a reluctant Andrew was hidden on the back side of the uh, album uh, and quite disappointed with that, uh, as history has told. Sorry, Andrew. Uh, but uh, he's doing his thing. Uh, we've got uh, Tim and the skateboard uh, somewhere highlighting across uh, the, uh, the front cover there with just his legs and feet pointing to Tim's crotch area, B. What are you Am doing? I? Am I? 
<laughs> I don't know where I am. Sorry. Oh, that's okay. We've got Gary sort of doing the doing the dubstep, and we've got Tim there with the guitar in the air. But um, look, I, I think this this whole sort of uh, album sort of cover and, and interior and the, and the reverse side uh, was such a leap forward and and such a sort of an image promotional tool that lent itself to, to the Nature Tonight film clip that ultimately paved that sort of you know stratosphere ascent for the band. Look at that! I'm opening up my album for you. Peter doesn't care what I'm saying today. Listen, yeah, she's totally. But it's like amazing. Look at it. It's like it's a kid on Christmas Day with like all the kid. presents and the parents are sitting back going, gee, <laughs> like Santa was good to you. And she doesn't care. She's just got her toys there. She's opening them up. Sorry, like, over to you. Do you feel sorry for my kids that I have to put with me? It's like, look. Yeah. Oh, wow. So we've got the word kick so on the inside. clever. K in red, I in, in black, C and K, and we've got the sort of the Andrew with the with the arm out, which you can sort of see the need you tonight, Link. And I think Andrew, again, was, Michael. Sorry, Michael, I should say. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, I'm speaking uh, vicariously on behalf of poor Andrew, who was given, uh, you know, absolute sort of uh, shielding from the cover. Uh, but this this one here, I guess, lends itself to the Ninja Night clip, as I said earlier. Like you, you, when they open up the start of that clip, and uh, was a genesis of that. Uh, now, B. Yes. Explain to me what you're showing there now for the listeners, because you'll you'll see it better than I can. And then you've got the lyrics, which is a silhouette of the band, and mm-hmm. then the, the the print of the lyrics. And again, that's being done in a different way so instead of being in individual songs in um, squares that's how we usually have it it's in a line so that's interesting yeah. so that we can have that imagery underneath and it works really really well doesn't it and again yeah. that would look really good on your wall and then we turn it around and then the snapshots knowing Nick's style he goes around and tries to get a feel of the band themselves so he's taken these great shots um so you've got i just imagine that's tim with the skateboard no that might be michael actually because that looks like he's bands doesn't it who yep. knows who knows yep. tim's boots yeah there you go and then that would be andrew gary with his great jacket and then we've got kirk with the sax and then michael yeah, and I think one of the things you mentioned just about lyrics at the outset there, it wasn't a common thing in the 70s at all and even the early 80s to put lyrics uh, within an album. Um, uh, bands didn't do it. Often people you know, within bands felt the lyrics were a private thing in the sense that, well, you know, it was almost uh, uh, mythic things where people always wondered what a real lyric of a song was uh, because bands didn't always release them. And there was always debate over songs, uh, et cetera, there. Um, in Australia, for example, was it the last plane out of Sydney or the last train out of Sydney for the song K Sam <laughs> exactly. by Cold Chisel? Yeah. So it wasn't always possible to get lyrics on albums, but I think around the mid 80s to later eight, late 80s, uh, bands were more revealing of that. And I think you're right, the way they sort of show the lyrics within the uh, album sleeve here are really unique. Nick Egan uh, was pretty inspired on this one, B. Yeah, and 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 the the backstory. Nick's talked to us about it. I do recommend if you haven't listened to him, go back mm. and listen to the episode where Nick talks about this, because there's no photoshopping in this. This took a long time to make. Yeah, this is amazing because they're all out of focus. Not focus. Sorry, they're all out of um, different. Um, I think what you, I know you're trying to say, what he's done from the depth, the depth Depth, proportions of the the, photography, it looks 3D like, um, and the way he sort of constructed it. And, you know, these days, you know, you know, all right, the world's a smaller place and we have so many tools available for artists and things like that. But, 
you know, if we look back to what Nick did, he flew from, you know, uh, America and England out to Australia to spend like months and months with the band to come up with this concept. And you can see it's not workshopped in the sense, you know, that it's just him, you know, sort of, you know, you know, in a workshop putting together, he's been with the band, he's hung out with him, he's got inspiration. He's, he's, he's put time and effort into things. He's, he's had a feel for what the band was and where, where they're about to go. And, um, it feels researched and it feels executed. It does. And his one regret was that he didn't put five stars. Yeah. 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 Do you remember him saying that? He did say that. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Anyway, moving along, we'll go on to okay. Nick's next composition, which is the X album, which Nick uh, went on to contribute to. I think the band and himself I'm very proud of. This particular album there has got Michael with a fist, <coughs> fist in the air and the ring on the finger and the band all sort of pushing up and sort of coming at you and things. Um, uh, I guess, you know, high, you know, in terms of colours, blue and red, and, and it's it's sort of shot in sort of three, two, three, four colours, a little bit of green, uh, et cetera, as well. Uh, I know in terms of sort of Nick putting sort of this one together uh, on the back of Kick, he probably felt a little bit of pressure of sort of coming up with, you know, I guess all of the particular sort of art and things like that. But it did sort of open up, especially with the singles that came out after, had a theme going through the whole sort of, you know, sort of setup. Be. Uh, what's your take on this cover? What's your thoughts on it? I, I like the backstories from all of these, the fact that he's silhouetted them all out and then put them on top of each other and he wanted them to make them superhero-like. Yeah. Do you remember him saying yeah. that? And then changing the logo, great idea, really, yeah. and and, and, and um, emphasising the X, which is well, something that I've done. the red X stayed with them. And, yeah. And yeah, love it, love that. I think the other thing with this is that the, uh, the ring in Michael's sort of uh, finger, uh, had oh, that almost that sort of like Shazam. It. it was like that Shazam thing, you know, when he puts his fist in the air on the front cover there. So you're right, that superhero thing sort of connects sort of with that uh, as well. And I think the film clip with Suicide Blonde that followed up with the band coming towards the camera, uh, again, there's a linkage there between, you know, Nick's, um, you know, uh, photo work on that particular album there as well. All right, uh, moving it. along. Yes. Moving along. Moving along. We're going to go along to the next album, which is Welcome to Wherever You Are. This is probably one of the most controversial album covers uh, that the band probably ever sort of put together, uh, B, because um, I guess, um, you know, the band sort of had come off, you know, 20 million album sales for for, for Kick and I think 10 million for X and done Wembley and all, all types of things. They were looking to take sort of a year off and not necessarily, um, you know, tour and things like that, uh, but uh, get into recording a little bit more. But uh, their album cover here uh, is basically sort of a uh, three, uh, I think, sort of kids on the front there from the Artane Boys Band from Ireland. And um, I think uh, it might have been Larry Mullen or Adam Clay, one of the guys, might have been Larry, I think was a, an original member of this sort of like scout sort of group type sort of, you know, scout scripture on the right thing, but they were sort of a boy band type collective for, for kids. And, you know, when that was sort of put on the on the cover there, I actually, sorry, let me just read this here. It's 9th, 10th, Dublin, Orgrim Street Scouts performing a human pyramid. There you go. Got the right wording now. Uh, it was probably, again, a bit like the first two album covers, no band composition on the cover, uh, something completely sort of left of centre. And, 
music at that particular time, you know, for a lot of bands was going grungy and alternative and bands, you know, less was more, you know, big ostentatious 80s type promo was sort of something was sort of seemed to be a bit out of kilter. So I thought the album cover was cool at the time, but it was not com- um, commercially sound. What exactly, what actually happened later, and I think through the record company push, is that various other covers sort of of the band, especially with the one where they're out in the desert there and Michael's at the front of the sort of the group there and they sort of put together some different album covers for different formats. So Mm -hmm. the most sort of recognised one on the CD, I guess, was that particular boy band type thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there was other ones where the band sort of were, you know, I think think Atlantic might have re-released the CD in Australia and they put some new artwork uh, featuring Excess on the cover this time and, I think the reprinted artwork, you know, shows them sort of, you know, that sort of shots in the deserts in the suits and I think it was just an outtake from uh, some of the photo sessions that they'd had. Which are far uh, better. And it looks great. Yeah. Huh? They, they, those shots are far better. Those album covers are more visual, especially for the fans. But the um, the Scouts, the Dublin Scouts, it is an iconic album now. It's recognisable um, if you're an NXS fan. And, but I didn't really get, like, I know it's very 90s, but just like that tape um, with the Welcome to Wherever You Are and then just In Excess written in red. Well, again, it was, it, was, it was probably going from what the 80s were, which was a slick promo, big, bold mm. and imposing and, and, and blown up type thing to a more sort of edgy, um, yeah. arty, whatever there. So even on the singles there, they're sort of going sort of downscale in terms of slickness and trying to make it a, a little bit more arty and edgy and stuff like that. So if it looked a little bit rough and ready, it was sort of designer rough and ready. Yeah. Um, but I do remember the time, you know, the themes when the new singles were coming out, all the singles had very sort of uh, arty type sort of shots there. You've got the the grandma there in front of a car to taste it. <laughs> you know, you've got, I think, um, the cover shot of Baby Don't Cry, a little sort of porcelain dog. Yeah. You've got the sort of heaven sent cover single there, you know, for a guy, a couple of cops, you know, pulling a, a flamingo sort of dancer out. Of, it looked like she's being arrested. You know, it was a time where sort of being alternative and kooky was seemed to be a bit more cool rather than kitsch. Full Moon Dirty Hearts, which is essentially the the band sort of really sitting in the back of a ute, you know, or back of a sort of a a van, like uh, here we are, we're just back out on the road and you look at the look of the band, et cetera, there, I think the theme was, hey, we're a band, we're six guys, we're going back to basics, you know, they're dressed in everything from that flannel type sort of rage of the 90s there through to Michael's uh, sort of denim sort of jacket there, you know, Kirk's there with the, with the grungy beard and the sunglasses and it's literally like back to basics, we're on the road, we're in a sort of an old van and we're on tour, et cetera, there. There were going to be some different album covers, I think, at the time. There was a, I think, a rumor that Mark Opitz had said previously that they were um, going to put that one with uh, the band there, almost in that uh, Last Supper shot with the sort of model oh, sort of uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, person that he mentioned on, a, on an episode. I, I, I like this cover. I think at the time where the band were at, I think it, yeah. it was it was it was good. And yeah. yeah. Um, interestingly, it's just the white in excess logo B. Mm. Um, etc. What's your sort of take when you look at this? What jumps out to you? I want to get in the van. 
Well, you asked. Insightful comments, part one, B. Thank you Well, I think of Richard Simpkins, actually, with the, his shot of the boys inside the van. That's the first thing that comes to my mind, or for, for, funny enough. But, um, yeah, no, I think it's really good. They're, they look, you know, yeah, we're proper rock stars now. You know, we're in it. Well, I, look, I think it, it, this era was they were getting back to the basics, getting back, they'd done the pubs and clubs tour. They were, again, sort of 1993, this came out. This was all about... Uh, less is more um, authentic, authentic um, real, grungy, we're on the road. I think the band themselves were the ones that sort of wanted that as the front cover design, and they sort of were credited with that um, uh, with that front cover design. I think Michael Nash was credited to it as well. Uh, also to some interesting stuff here, um, Gary Beers uh, and Leslie Farris, who was John's wife at the time, did a bit of the inside photography along with a lady called Kat- Katarina Jeb, a band and partner sort of involvement on this one too. Um, mm-hmm. I know Leslie did a lot of photography work for the band when she was on tour and stuff like that um, and has some great images uh, of the band in her sort of uh, catalogue. Now, you're flashing something at me, B. What are you trying to flash there? Just some of the postcards that came out with it as well, because there's not just there's one where Tim's got his hand on his chin and then Michael's got his hands together, and there's quite yep. a few of those images that are around. Yep. So there's different ones, but they did look cool. Oh, that's yeah. it. Tim's got a hat on, and then he hasn't got a hat on. So they tried <laughs> a few different ones, and the logo changed again. They they squeezed it up a little bit and just made it all white and got rid of the X. <laughs> later the band have literally gone away for a fair bit and come back in 97 for elegantly wasted and uh this one i think was filmed uh you can sort of tell by the skyline and some of those sort of the artwork there and you know the props there it was all done around in la a rather sexy lady on the front there with an nss t-shirt on with the red x uh and the band sort of in sort of various sort of uh guises you've got a red car sort of that's turned up on its side and uh so, look, I, I guess this one from – and I'll go – first of all, I'll go off memory, then we'll go for a little bit of facts and things. But uh, I know the band were looking uh, and quite inspired by the Wish You Were Here uh, Pink Floyd um, cover work. And there's a – you know, it's a fantastic cover, that one, where there's a guy in a suit shaking hands with someone and he's on fire. <laughs> it's like the whole suit and thing's on fire. And Pink Floyd were exceptional with their artwork. I mean, they put 500 bunk bunk beds on a beach in, um, I don't know, Dover or somewhere there years and years ago for an art sort of cover there. They were pigs in top of factories and in the sky and they were really sort of exceptional sort of with that. I think for this particular sort of artwork here, the band were quite inspired by that. So there was quite a lot of a sort of a, a homage to some of the photography work there. Uh, Michael seems like he was having quite a good time in a lot of these uh, photos, B. What do you think? Yeah, I, I- it's like she's possessed or something, isn't it? And they're trying to take, but they're, they're all around her at one point with their hands over her. There's a huge amount of photography taken. And then there's a, there's a, what's his name, the guy again? Pierre. Yeah. So Pierre Winther sort of is the Danish Winther, guy. So that's the shot this right. around, sort of, yeah. uh, around California there. But um, 
I think it's sort of quite cinematic the way you sort of put it together. You know, there's attractive girls emerge safely from a car accident just under well, the viaduct there in LA. And yeah, I think um, you can still go to this um, place and see um, that car um, that's all turned over. There is it's actually a place that they went to. But yeah, then you've got the boys dressed in like the police outfits as yeah. well. Um, and then yeah, it's just I don't know. I don't. I'm, I was always trying to get what is it they're trying to tell me in this there's just too much going on for me yeah look i think i think for this particular one you know i think that girl she appears in the searching film clip later mm-hmm. on but that was there but um you know when i first saw it i didn't quite appreciate it this is one that's been a real grow for me over time because i love that urban la look you know um uh, I love the blue skies. I love the sort of the harsh oh, desert yeah. stuff. It's but great. it's real inner urban LA there, and it, and it seems to sort of have a bit of a uh, a bit of a sort of a theme attached to it all throughout. And um, the CD singles sort of uh, sort of continue that. But um, I think the the colours is something that right. really stands out. Mm. And I think from our poll, this one uh, without giving too much away is voted quite highly. So yeah. um, that was elegantly wasted. Um, yeah. Although, can I just say about Michael? I mean, he's in a jumpsuit. Has he come out of a, an aeroplane? Is he a car mechanic? <laughs> well, maybe he's borrowed Tim's outfit from uh, oh, the Don't yes. Change film clip. True, true. <laughs> so we never know. We never know. <laughs> All right. Uh, the 11th studio album release that uh, accompanies this one is the Switch album in 2005. Now, obviously, this is a non-Michael release sort of composition, and obviously the front cover uh, doesn't have any of the band on it, but it has really the NXS logo made famous really by Nick Egan. I do love the big star in between the N and the X there. Yeah, that's good. It really symbols just got a sort of very much a sort of a monochrome sort of mm. uh, uh, visual of a light switch sort of turned off, but, you know, mm-hmm. hey, listen, like, switch turn it on etc there switch on to us now so where it's at i think on the reverse side there's sort of the, the the band uh sort of standing sort of next to each other and things like that do you have the album in front of you there b i don't know the only one i have actually i have got it but only digitally unfortunately but i've got the the one when they're on tour switch tour album cover yeah but i won't yeah. show you that but um, no i like it so it's an actual switch and it's yeah. um a graphic of like a drawing of and i really like it actually yeah. the more you look at it the more i really like um this cover well look essentially and you made got- you pretended earlier and tells everybody that was my favorite in the, i just saw that in the uh, thread to the patrons <laughs> 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 Hey, you know, it's not like me to sort of lobby some some uh, smart ass answers in the in the no. uh, platforms. Yes. But um, this one sort of again, it's got a sort of a a bit of a grungy sort of uh, square periphery around it, and um, it's nicely all sort of spaced out and things. As an album point of view, we're sort of measuring these covers based on sort of the aesthetics of the covers and the themes and things, as opposed to the music. But um, uh, I think this one holds up pretty well, you know, X many years later. But uh, that's our sort of, I guess, foray into the actual albums itself, B. We're probably now, uh, in fact, actually, you've got the switch one there. On the back cover of that, it's can just you just... A, just huh? a switch. Oh, it's, okay. But it's switched off. It needs to be switched uh, okay. on. Cool. And but on the inside, it's got the band sort of standing. Oh, so good. Yeah. So good. Can you just tell Such me where... Can, can you just tell photos. me... Is there a band? Is there one where the band are all standing together inside? Now that's uh, you've got, the one you've got there is the live tour one there. 
I, yeah, this is the that's light. Different. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You haven't got the switch on. Okay. My memory was obviously in, in terms of the, sort of the the exterior sort of or the back shots of that, there's a band sort of links sort of standing there. So, mm. anyway, neither by the by. But um, yeah, that's the 11 sort of studio albums there. Just some sort of, you know, commentary a little bit on those. Obviously, the the band themselves over the journey, you know, always put a lot of time and effort in, you know, to all parts of their music, be it, you know, the album and the, the recording side, but also, you know, the artwork and, and getting sort of state-of-the-art sort of people behind the scenes on these particular things. I think the important thing that we want to do now is go over to our poll uh, and let you guys, the loyal listeners to our podcast, have your results announced so we could actually just share with everybody how these albums stack up in terms of order and popularity. So we do know there was a sort of a quota before everybody cut out of uh, their voting rights. So the first, I think, 20 million voters, B, that uh, did get in <laughs> or the uh, vote count clocked everyone out. Uh, if you did get clocked out and weren't able to vote, it just because there was a time limit and, uh, and a mm. quota as to how many people could vote. Yeah, but yeah. the numbers are in and we're going to go through them now from 11 down to 1. Can I get a drum roll, please, John? Let's start these charts off. Coming in at number nine with 1% is Original Sin and The Switch Album. Coming in at number eight with 2% is Welcome to Wherever You Are. Coming in at number seven with 3% is a joint one again with In Excess and Underneath the Colors. Number six, 4% is Listen Like Thieves. Number five, The Swing with a 7% like. Number four with 9% is Shabu Shaba. Coming into the top three, we have Elegantly Wasted with 10%. And then with a massive 20%, we have X at number two. Well, through the powers of deduction, B, the, you'd have to sort of be slightly <laughs> left of centre not to realise that uh, the only album we haven't mentioned yet is the epic, the exciting, the $20 million selling kick album, uh, courtesy of Nick Egan as the number one album cover, sleeve, uh, reverse side, etc. there, for all the reasons we mentioned earlier. Um, you know, well done uh, to that album and well done to all the listeners who uh, went out their way to do their voting. Uh, this is uh, your top 11 and this is your number one. So well done to Kick. Yeah. 
All right, B, as we said, uh, well done to listeners there, but uh, we thought we'd just as a bit self-indulgent go through our own little uh, top list. We won't go through our whole 11 down to one, but we might just give our top five each, B, and uh, we might actually then just sort of throw in maybe our stinker, the one we just think is number 11, uh, just for the sake of uh, parody and all things fair that, you know, this podcast talks the truth. Uh, B, you did desperately want to go first today, so no. I'm going to throw to you. <laughs> no, <laughs> don't you dare. No, you go first because huh? I might Change it again. Oh, all right. Okay. All right. So be uh, Go on. No, back. Please, please. All right. Number five, <clears throat> number five for me in terms of the impressive album cover uh, that I liked uh, in order. Uh, number five, Listen Like Thieves. For all the good reasons I mentioned earlier, I love the sort of liveness of it and I love gold and all the sort of colours there. Number four for me was X in terms of, uh, as I said, the superhero thing, you know, the colours the band, uh, I think just the impact at the time as a fan of the band. And then, you know, 30 years later, it still holds up. Uh, number three uh, for me is Shabu Shabar, uh, which, uh, again, I think artistically wise and just sort of something a little bit obscure and arty and, and sort of clever and um, I think the colours and everything there sort of suit the sort of the style of the music, et cetera, there as well is my number three. Uh, number two for me, uh, Elegantly Wasted. Uh, again, love the Pink Floyd influences, I do love the LA sort of streets there. I love the theme. You know, the album would have loved to be more popular, but uh, uh, I think it stands up really, really well 24 years later. Uh, and like all the listeners there, I, I can't go past Nick Egan's, you know, cutting edge artwork design, the 3D depth imagery of Kick. Uh, I think it uh, is just two to force uh, of artwork. Uh, if there were Academy Awards for artwork, it would get it. If there were Grammys for artworks, it should have, he should have got it. Yes. Uh, if there was um, you recognition, know, would if be there good. was World Love Peace, uh, you know, <laughs> um, uh, you know, awards, you know, for Nobel prizes for artwork, uh, Nick Egan should get it. So number one was kick for me. Gushy loves um, Nick. Yeah, and I will right. go through my stinker after your top five. So go through your top All right. five, B. I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready. Quick, like, do it before I change it again. Okay, yeah. number five, Full Moon, Dirty Hearts. Nice. Okay, number four, X. Number three, mm, Elegantly Wasted. Number two, Dislike Thieves. And number one, Nick Egan's cover. <laughs> As in kick, yeah? Yay. Yay. Yeah. All right. What's yeah. your stinker? All right. Well, look, I think uh, I, I used my measurement tool on this. Does it stack up well 30 years later or whatever or 40 years later? Uh, as it did at the time. At the time, I loved it. Now I look at it and go, it's aged badly. And that to me is the swing. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the moustaches and the fashion choices and the sort of, uh, you know, the arty-farty sort of uh, camera poses to me has dated <laughs> badly. So what I liked at the time probably hasn't stacked up now. So it's going to be my stinker album cover. Sorry, boys. Well, I, I, think, I think I think it's, it's, it's Andrew will go to Mo Mustache with a little goatee beard happening. No, it's a proper full on mustache. He's looking well, a little bit like sort of, you know, sort of designer, sort of, uh, you know, French painter. Well, Sorry, I think Andrew. they should turn it inside out and then it definitely wouldn't be a stinker. It's really right. nice. I like the black and white inside. Yeah. I do agree, though. It's, no, it's not that bad, but out of all of their wonderful album covers, that one has to stack down. And the welcome one, I just like, mm, nah. Well, you got to pick one. I know. I'm going to swing like you. Let's oh, okay. turn it inside Fair out. Enough. 
let's turn it inside out. Yeah. Well, again, bit of a shout out to anyone out there who only digitally consumes music and never really knows what an album cover is or, you know, a cassette, you know, cover or a CD cover and all the beautiful artwork and everything between. Go to a music store, stand there for two hours, open them up, have a read of them. It is joyous. It yes. is a joyous experience and it is an important part of following music. Mm-hmm. Okay. So kudos to In Excess, all the art designers, everybody involved with yes. the band who have made such a all visual contribution yeah, mm. to their career. Well done, guys. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore. Return of the rant. Rock and roll, where are you? The 1960s brought us the Beatles, the Stones, the Kings. Fast forward to the 70s, we had Led Zeppelin, The Who, Pink Floyd, The Doors, The Eagles. The 1980s brought us The Police, The Clash, U2, R.E.M., and even our own In Excess. 1990s brought us Nirvana, Soundgarden, The Smashing Pumpkins, Oasis, Powderfinger. The millennial time of the year 2000s brought us The Strokes, The White Stripes, The Hives, Kings of Leon, Arcade Fire, Queens of the Stone Age, Arctic Monkeys, and even Coldplay. The rock and roll, where have you been? It's 15 years of musical rock and roll abyss. As Peter Garrett once opined on the seminal 1990s hit Blue Sky Mine, who's going to save me? Who's going to save us? You, Mumford and Sons? You, Adam Levine from Maroon 5? You, Imagine Dragons? You, One Direction? Hardly. Floating bands, yes, have come along and attempted our interest. Tame Impala, The Struts, The Kooks, Greta Van Fleet. But we need more from you and from others. Rock and roll music was always a cultural relevance. It had meaning. It was something to be saved and adored. It was an interaction with friends and cohorts, a shared experience and a mind experience to behold, a feeling, a vibe and a heartfelt emotion that first time you heard that hook, that melody, that lyrical guitar riff from your favourite artist or an unknown. We now find ourselves living in a world where following exceeds doing, where devices seem to trump radio airwaves where bands with something meaningful to say are thwarted by self-indulgent Instagram narcissists and stealing R&B rappers who are more caught up with the bling than the sting. It seems that our cultural heroes are geek tech mogul platforms, not the guitar, where emphasis has become the likes that you have versus how many people listen to you or go to your gigs. As Bono opined in the year 2000 on the scoring exit lyric of a song called Kite, We are the last of the rock stars and hip-hop drive the big cars. Time when you're media, what's the big idea? So if you're young and ambitious with drive, perseverance and focus, you may be the next Cobain, Hendrix, Waters, McCartney or Hutchins. So sitting in your bedroom today, hearing this, go hard, go often and go for broke. Rock and roll needs you. Hi, it's Paul from Sydney. Uh, you're on Access All Areas with Hayden and B. It's time for Pleasure and Pain.
Doctors B, uh, two princes. That was a number one hit down here. Um, Good. Yeah, they had, Cracking they had a, tune. Yeah, I didn't like it, to be honest didn't with you. Didn't you? I, I found the guy a bit annoying. Um, but they had two hits and then he lost his voice. I think he had a bit of a throat problem. I oh, um, did, yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. it's an absolute pleasure for mine. And, I'm, and that one's for Sarah. Okay. Me and my sister-in-law love to sing into that one. Yes, and then we're going into Bjork, big time central Bjork on the back of the truck in New York. That sort of rhymes a bit, doesn't it? Well, I remember the film clip. I just can't really remember the song, uh, even when you played it here. So uh, kudos to you. She- Can I try singing it? Big time sensuality. <laughs> was, was, was that a solo song or was it with, when yeah. she was with the Sugar Cubes? No, this was might have been her first solo, actually. Right. Okay. I saw her. First, I saw them as a, her in the Sugar Cues, which was just the only song I remember of her was like shh, shh. Yeah, <laughs> it's that's so quiet. Yeah, and that was pretty crap actually. But she played her a debut album. It's brilliant. I do um, right. suggest everyone goes and sees that. But I'll even take your the, word for it. But the video is great because there's no um, safe and health and safety going on there. She's running up and down the back of this truck, and it's like an open truck, and it's going along um, New York. Pretty cool. All right, the next one, Cranberries, Dreams. You've got to like that. Yeah, great song. Good mm. choice. Um, they had that and Linger the same year, didn't they? That Those sort of two big sort of hits. Yeah. 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 She's got a great voice. Yeah. Sad. R.I.P. Yes, very much so. And Duran Duran, their comeback, Ordinary Day. Cracking yeah. tune. Friend of Absolutely the podcast, brilliant. Nick Egan. Friend of yes. the podcast. And, yeah. I, and I think JT's listening as well. Hi, JT. <laughs> JT. Who's JT? <laughs> oh, come on. John Taylor. Huh? The, the oh, bass John Taylor, player. Okay. <laughs> I was thinking JD. Now we've it? lost him. <laughs> Bye, John. <laughs> All right, but uh, but the thing about that song, I think, I mean, obviously it was a comeback sort of album for them, but I think tonally it was completely different to anything you would picture Duran Duran sort of singing, wasn't it? It was it was like mature, not rock, but mature pop, um, yeah. and definitely uh, you know triggered off a bit of resurgence in the band. Mm. And Nick, yeah, like you said, Nick did the video for that song as yeah. well. Yeah, Radiohead Creep. Oh, yeah. Love it. Such great lyrics. You, you know, he's, an ugly, he's an ugly bugger, isn't he? <laughs> oh, he's got the lazy eye, hasn't he, Mr. Like, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's got the lazy eye, you know, like Forrest oh. Whitaker. But, but uh, I shouldn't say, say anything bad about him, but it's, it, you, you can sing. 
He's good. Well, you, you know who turned me on to that particular song? Michael Hutchins. Oh, yeah. He, he, when they were back to the touring in Australia, he, through radio interviews, said, There's a band in the UK you got to check out. They're going to be huge. Uh, they're brilliant. You know, uh, this is the band. And yeah. Michael was always, you know, like, like with, you know, Blue Lines and Massive Attack, he was always a bit ahead of the curve. Uh, you know, especially in those days pre internet, he, he'd be in the clubs and, you know, uh, very aware of what was being played, as Mark Opitz has said, and, um, and Nick. Uh, yeah, he he was the one who championed the song "Creep" and, and almost helped it get airplay in Australia. Ah, do you yeah. know, it's just I've just absolutely just realised ninety three is the year that I went to Glastonbury, and ah. all this list is near enough everybody except Duran Duran were at Glastonbury, and these are the songs. What it's like? Well, okay, so yeah, went right to the front to see Radiohead. It's really yeah. good. And Bjork and the Spin Doctors and the Cranberries were there. Wonder stuff. Well, anyway, going back to Suede, went to see Suede in concert and Metal Mickey oh, went off. Love that song. Do you, do you know those, that, that band? Probably not. I, I um, didn't get into the Suede thing. I think the sort of album covers of a couple of blokes kissing sort of put me off a bit at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was that. Um, but I do know the singer, I think Bernard Butler. That's right. Who went on to have a song uh, in 98 called Stay that I really liked. Mm-hmm. And it was on a, a UK compilation, Q Magazine album. I, I liked it. So I reckon if I went back and discovered Suede, I would probably you enjoy would. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, sort of like a little bit pulp. Remember pulp? What was his name? Yep. Jarvis. Jarvis, yeah. Very yep. similar looking guys, actually. And then yeah. the Wonder Stuff, which is from, um, I claim them as um, Brummies, but they're from um, Stourbridge, I think, um, on the ropes. They had some really good stuff, but they're, you'd know them as Dizzy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but on the yeah. ropes, brilliant. Yeah. And then Sting. I've got a bit of a soft spot for Sting. I know that he gets a lot of flack, but um, <laughs> but that one and um, Faith in You, beautiful lyric. I um fantastic. Two things for that. I actually really like the song. I remember the mm. time it came out. I, I it, it was be, um, Fields of Gold. It was a bit like it was album. almost like a return to rock for him. And yeah. it might have had Fields of Gold as a second single on it, but um the if I ever lose my faith in you, I really like the sort of oh, um dun, 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 the guitar in it. And um I think that uh, won Grammys and things that year, but I think it was probably his last great rock album, I think. Mm. The other thing also at the moment on Facebook, when you sort of algorithm and press things, things come to you. I'm getting a lot of stuff on the police in the last couple of weeks, um, just in terms of their reformation tour about 10, 12 years ago. So when you press and watch something, obviously it knows you're watching, so it sends something else to you. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been getting into the police in the last two weeks and I'm just sort of looking, going, gee, Sting, what happened to you? But um, uh, uh, this song, B, I think it's a great choice. Well done. Great song. And then the other one was Non Blondes, What's Up? Four Non Blondes. <laughs> yeah, Four Non Blondes. Brilliant. Really, yeah. really good. And a proper uh, girls' night out song, sing-along. And she, then, she, she's or, gone on to be a really successful songwriter, you know, mm. for, for all the, the chicks, you know, for, you know, uh, Pink and for Christina Aguilera and all them. Yeah. 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 Yeah, good girl. And then had to end with In Excess is Beautiful Girl. You snuck a little In Excess one in. <laughs> <laughs> all right, fair enough. <laughs> all right, and that was me. Done. Well done. Hey, this is David from Derby. Hi, this is Katie from England. G'day, it's Paul from Sydney. 
Hi, this is Ella from the Netherlands. This is Dr. Jim and that's a wrap. Right, people, that's a wrap. Big, chunky episode today. It was like that hamburger we spoke about at the start, wasn't it? We've had, we've had three lots of patties, lettuce, cheese, pickle, onions on a sesame seed bun. Yeah, and, and uh, froze to go, I reckon. Did you get that out in, in, in England in the 80s? No, too young, mate. Oh, too young. Yeah, right. <laughs> there was an ad. There was an ad from McDonald's in Australia in the eighties that if you could mention all the contents of a Big Mac within three seconds or less, you got a free Big Mac. Oh yeah. So it was like two buns, less cheese, pickle onions. On- Fan engages. Who of the people who've been engaging severely this week? Uh, I guess in all of our platforms. Severely. <laughs> That's a big word. <laughs> okay, so we've had, yeah, severely. I can't keep up with all these beautiful people contacting us. First of all, we've got Brett Williams, who has become a patron this week as well. He is from Tasmania and he got in touch with us via the um, email and um, asked us a few questions. And um, he's paid right up in front for a whole year subscription. We love you, Brett Williams. So thank you. And then I had a lovely message from another lady called Erica, who's a school teacher. She's become a, a patron a couple of weeks ago. That was just lovely. So I'm really enjoying these emails. And then we got a nice lady called Juliet Martin, who's been on the uh, pages quite a fair bit. She says that she's only at episode 11, but she's really finding it good. And she just loves your rant. So thank you for putting <laughs> a rant in this week. Um, she says um, that they're just amazing and she just really enjoys listening to you. And echoes a lot of what you say as well i feel sorry to, to let her know on this podcast that she's got about 40 episodes with no rants to come, so, <laughs> i know uh, so yeah we've had a lot of interaction so thank you everybody i sent a message and hope it gets through think out the distance think out the So if you want to get in touch with us via, oh gosh, we've got so many ways you can contact us now. You can contact us via the website and um, just give us a message and chat because there's either me or Danielle there, or you can actually get in touch with us via our inbox, which is in excess gmail.com and also on the uh, Facebook page or Twitter or Instagram. All right, just a quick thing. Uh, well done to the newsletter that's going out. I, I mean, myself, obviously, I'm not putting it together. Um, a lot of hard work's done by Laurie and uh, Danielle behind the scenes with that. So kudos to the girls there. Mm. Um, I'm finding and really Foxy. to read because it's – sorry, apologies, Foxy as well. Um, I'm finding really informative to read and, you know, some of the girls are coming up with some stats and information that is beyond my memory and understanding. So uh, well done to that. Don't be afraid to share us around with likes and things to, you know, not only on each podcast, but also share us around with uh, people you think might like to have a laugh and just reminisce in good music because uh, as much as it's an in-excess podcast, we'd like to think it's a musical podcast. It's a music of the times and the year and 
we do digress from things in excess related along the way. Which then leads me to be, uh, we are coming into, I guess, uh, well, our latest item that is uh, out there and about at the moment. I think when this goes out, the auction would have finished. And at this present time, it went off on the first hour. It went from $20 right. right up to something like $200. It is now sitting at $315 for the By My Side 12-inch, yep. which has got a rare cover um, to yep. it as well. So, And it's never been played. It's from Tim. It's going to come with Tim's signature. Yeah. So... Congratulations, who's ever who's won it, yeah. and, we, and we'll say your name out next week. But I know yeah. we've got thirty-one people watching um, the prize, so I'll have another one out in two yep. weeks. We're going to try and um, bunny hop over these because they're just coming. So thank you so much for supporting us with this. And again, Timothy Farris, thank you. Yeah. All right. Uh, a couple of things just to finalise, B. Uh, we do have a Zoom call get together with our North American patron mm. friends, uh, Canada and uh, LA to New York, etc. There, with a little bit of the Midwest in the middle uh, and Rocky Mountain time. We can't forget. <laughs> uh, so we're going to be having sort of a, a, a patron Zoom call just to uh, share your inaccessum, inaccess mm-hmm. uh, fandom, uh, you know, with us. So that's something we're really looking forward to uh, recording and putting out over the next week or two. Reminding people that B is also together with Nick Egan, a podcast of fans uh, of Nick's work, um, who I guess today's podcast uh, has acknowledged through the kick album. But um, just as I said earlier, a little bit of, uh, about stuff that relates to uh, the Wembley experience and all the yes. video footage that we have. So we'd Backstage. like to bring you into a world that uh, no one out there can get access to. So look forward to that. Um Going out today, um, how do we combine, you know, acknowledgement to Charlie Watts and the Rolling Stones' loss uh, within excess? Well, there was only really one simple way to do it, and that was acknowledging uh, the song that Michael sung at a uh, sort of a tribute sort of uh, uh, album and show for the Rolling Stones where Michael got up and sung uh, Under My Thumb as a homage to the Stones. And I guess in light of today of, of Charlie's passing, we thought, well, this is a really sort of topical way to dedicate that song and the show to him and the family and the greatest sort of Rolling Stones community and just music fans in general. So we'll play that on the way out today and we will say, uh, I guess it's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from B. Goodbye, everyone. Bye-bye. Under my thumb, a squirming dog has just had her day. Under my thumb, a girl who has just changed her ways is down to me. The way she does just what she is told is down to me. Change has come, she's under my thumb. Under my thumb, a Siamese cat of a girl. Under my thumb, she's the sweetest pet in the world. It's down to me. I wish she does just what she's told. It's down to me. A change has come. She's under my thumb.
Under my thumb Her eyes are just kept to herself Under my thumb Well, I, I can't still look at someone else But it's down to me Yeah The way she talks when she's spoken to It's down to me The change has come She's under my thumb It's down to me and that was Michael Hutchins and the London Symphony Orchestra under my thumb. I'd just like to quote a little piece here from Stack Magazine. This track is from the symphonic music of the Rolling Stones album. Often so much emphasis was placed on Michael Hutchins' charismatic presence and overall hotness and his undeniable singing, which are perfectly showcased here, was sadly overlooked. The local delivery choices throughout Hutchins' take on this Rolling Stones classic see him whispering slowly and closely into the mic during the opening verse before his intensely steadiness rises with each subsequent verse in accordance with the London Symphony Orchestra's swelling arrangements. Unlike Jagger's boastful tones during the original, Hutchins' hushed timbre and persuasive phrasing suggest underlying emotional turmoil. It's down to me, the changes come, and so it ends, minus the she's under my thumb clarification. Alluring. It's down to me, the change has come. <laughs> 